Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We are back at it. Hour two of a Graybar Sports Open Line. We'll take you to 8 o'clock this evening. At your service rolls your way uh, this evening. Brad Young in the house. 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. I wonder if he's got thoughts on uh, Craig Berube being uh, let go. We'll talk with him coming up in our final segment of this hour. Also coming up uh, this hour, we'll talk with uh, Tamar Cher from uh, Channel 4. Now, first alert for they did their big uh, rebrand. We'll talk with her, get her thoughts on uh, Craig Berube being let go, and then we'll talk some Billikens basketball with uh, Stu Durando. He'll join us uh, near the bottom of the hour. If you want to chime in on Everything that's gone down with Craig Berube being let go, we certainly will take your phone calls, your text messages, your tweets, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Got a text message from the 618, said, I'm a season ticket holder, but I won't attend another game until Doug Armstrong is gone. You're not going to be attending a game for a really long time then. I'm not trying to... If you're a season ticket holder, either you have to drop your season tickets or you're going to just not be going because uh, Doug Armstrong's not going anywhere. And I disagree with him vehemently on this decision. I can't disagree with it anymore. Again, I keep using the word unnecessary. It is so incredibly unnecessary to fire Craig Berube with where the Blues are at right now. That doesn't mean that I don't continue to believe that Doug Armstrong is a guy who can rebuild this roster. Now, have there been some swing and misses from him in, you know, really since the Stanley Cup? There's been a lot of things going against it. Blues gave some guys some raises coming off the cup. Then you have COVID and the salary cap stops moving up and everybody's capped out and you're just trying to figure out where to go from there. Look, there I try to be fair about everything I talk about. And clearly there have been some things that have gone against the Blues that are out of their control but some things that have gone against the Blues in their control as well. They've made some contractual decisions. They've made some either-or decisions that they they chose the wrong side. And that does fall back on Doug Armstrong, without a doubt. Uh, He spoke earlier today at the uh, Centene Community Ice Center and uh, opened up uh, thanking Berube and and looking back at everything that uh, he had accomplished as the Blues head coach. Obviously, I'd like to thank Craig. Uh, he he and I started to work together in 2016. Uh, he came in as a, a coach of our American Hockey League affiliated team, came up here as an associate coach. Um, 
help write a ship uh, and take it to a championship. We we built a friendship over the years, and it's difficult to to have that talk with him last night. He's a true professional. Uh, we we talked a little bit. We had a beer. We reminisced for a second. Uh, and now my job is to move forward and. Um, Craig, Craig will now regroup, and he'll land on his feet. He, he's too good of a coach not to be in this league. That is uh, Doug Armstrong speaking earlier today as he uh, continued on, and uh, he talked about his responsibility for the situation. I feel personally responsible for the situation that we're in, and I also hope that the, the people that I just talked to feel personally responsible too. If they don't, that that's that that's their decision but um it's not it's not a great day but it's a it's a new day and now we move forward yeah not a great day it's a new day uh, okay uh he asked he was asked about or he spoke about uh really the the overall body of work and where the team is at right now compared to uh where it was when uh he took over you come to an organization because you want to you make it better and you want to leave it in a better spot. When I got here in 08, we were better for a long time. If I get fired in the next hour or I get hit by a bus in the next hour, I don't feel today I've left it any better than where I found it. And that, and that's an awful feeling. That's a damning statement. That's a really damning statement. A guy who's been around for a while. Now, again, it's, again, trying to be fair. If again, if he got fired in the next hour, got hit by a bus, and like you said, in the next hour, he would leave the organization as an organization that has won a Stanley Cup. And when he got here, they had not won a Stanley Cup. So let's let's be fair. The the organization is in a different place now than it was then. Uh, Blues fans were able to experience something that is a a top moment in their in their sports fandom life. Like so, I don't want to be completely dismissive of that. But for him to sit there and say that he was he's trying to build something and grow something and he's got a long tenure and right now it feels like he hasn't left the team in a better spot than when he got here, that's a damning statement. And the the next thing is, well, what's the path to get better? What's the path to find a way to, to start to – because, again, it's a roster issue. It is a roster issue. It was not a coaching issue. It is a roster issue. So if it's a roster issue and you're up against the cap and the roster just doesn't kind of fit together, even if it was underperforming a little bit, especially recently, other than allowing contracts to expire, trying to sell off a few pieces if you possibly can, as they did last year, but that's tough. That's not an easy thing to do when a lot of teams are in the same type of cap situation. I, I, I don't know... What type of, and when I say immediate, I'm talking like within the next year, between the end of this season and really all of next year, fixing this in a big way doesn't seem like something that can be done in a relatively short amount of time. Uh, Armstrong claims, says this is not a move that they wanted to make. And it's not something I wanted to do. It's not something that I, that I wanted to start the season in. Uh, or, or having to do, but it's a it's an area where we find ourselves that, you know, the definition of insanity, keep doing the same thing and think things are going to change. And 
it cost it cost a great man his 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 role on the team to be because things weren't changing i always impress and how do i say this um when you have a press conference in kind of a crisis situation and i think firing the coach it's it's obviously more of a negative atmosphere than a positive atmosphere i always try to give the benefit of the doubt to the person speaking uh, because that's a, that's a tough thing to do. That's a tough thing for Doug Armstrong to stand up, but to say that, it, you know, it cost a great man, his job. Well, you're the guy who fired him. Like it didn't have to, you, you chose to have it cost a great man, his job. Uh, that's that, it, when you say that, it makes it sound like you're, you're an observer. Well, man, that situation cost a great man, his job as I, as I've st- stood out of the way and just watched this thing play out. No, you fired him. You did it. Not anybody else. It it cost a great man his job, as you would say, because you made the decision for it to cost him his job. Um, yeah, didn't like that. As far as what he would like to see on the ice, uh, the, the something that was talked about a lot, consistency. What I would have liked to have seen from our team was a more consistent game. It's uncomfortable when you go to the arena every night and you're not really sure what your team is going to look like. You're not really sure what to expect. That's something that we haven't felt here for a long time. Uh, I, I don't want to dwell on last year. Uh, but la- So last year we, we entered the season with the glass half full thinking it's the last dance. You know, we... We've got veteran players on one-year deals, and they're going to go out with a blaze of glory, and we just didn't find any footing, you know, and, and so we made changes. But if you look at the last 82 games plus however many this year, 110-ish games, like our power plays at or near the bottom, our penalty kill is at or near the bottom, and our point total is at or near the bottom. At some point... You have to make changes. I don't disagree with that. And again, it's a whole lot easier to fire a coach than to make major changes on the roster. There's just a lot of changes you cannot make because of the cap situation and the financials that go along with it. I get that. So I'm not trying to say that he shouldn't make changes. You just, that's not the change that I would make. What Now you ask, something that I always ask of my callers when, when we're doing Cardinal postgame shows. Somebody says, well, I don't like this. Okay, then what would you rather like? What, what's the answer? If, you, if Oliver Marmel made this decision and you didn't like this decision, well, what better decision would have there been? And that, that's kind of the, um, that's the standard that I hold callers to. And I, I'm being a little bit hypocritical right now because I can sit here and say I agree with Doug Armstrong that changes had to be made. I don't think that firing Craig Berube was the right decision. But I don't know what the right decision was. Last thing from Doug Armstrong talked about uh, the team really getting outplayed in a lot of games. And, and the two games that come to, to the forefront for me were the Phoenix game and the Buffalo game, where we outscored the opposition, but we didn't win the game, if that makes any sense. Like, we outscored who we played, but you didn't walk away saying, we outplayed that team. We won that game. And... There was more nights than not where I felt we didn't win the game. You're, you, 
you're going to be the better team in this league and lose. That happens. Goalies get up, stand on their head. Pucks hit a shaft. Pucks hit a, a post. Things just go your way. But we didn't win enough small battles during a game to win enough games. Not by the score, but by but by the, the eye test of you were a better team. Doug Armstrong speaking earlier today. Let's grab a quick phone call before we get to break. Reed, I've got just a quick moment for you. You're on Sports Open Line. Uh, good evening. Uh, I just got a question to ask. Maybe one or two questions. I'll be quick about it. Why do you think that most of the Blues free agents that didn't resign or got traded in the year wanted out? Because they've seen the roster that Doug Armstrong wanted to build. What's it going to work? And sure enough, look what happened this year. Number one. Number two, who do you think you'd be ordered to fire for Ruby? Was it the ownership that said, Doug, he's got to go, he's not getting through the players? Or was it the Armstrong went to the ownership and said, hey, my buddy isn't getting through the players anymore, he's got to go. When he built the arms, when he built this, this team, this is not great for Ruby. This is a player aspiring of the coach. This roster stinks. All right, Reed, appreciate the phone call. So I do think Doug Armstrong went to ownership. I, I think this started with Armstrong and ownership uh, signed off on it. I also think one of the you know, we see a lot of Blues players leave the Blues and have more success with other teams. I think because other teams have better roster construction. You're, it's the, uh, you know, the, the square peg in the circle, hole, whatever, you know, whatever that cliche is. Uh, that that the Blues are asking a lot of players to do things that aren't really what they're great at, and it's because they they just don't have a whole lot of high end talent. You start with high end talent, and then everybody kind of fills in roles after that. Well, when you're asking you know Tory Krug to be a, a top level defenseman, that's that's not his role. He he he's a good NHL player. The Blues have him in the wrong spot because they don't have enough guys better than him on the roster. So when guys leave the Blues, they go to other teams that have better players, and then those players get to be more suited for the type of player they are, and they have more success. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Great Bar Sports Open Line continues here on a Wednesday night, tomorrow night, countdown to opening day. By the way, we're going to be live at Cardinal Nation. Mike Claiborne and myself, we're going to be recording a conversation with the voice of the Cardinals, John Rooney, and that's going to begin at 2 o'clock. So uh, come on by to Cardinal Nation Restaurant at Ballpark Village tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Uh, get yourself a meal. We'll have uh, all of us there recording uh, tomorrow night's uh, countdown to opening day, and uh, you can park and get validation for your parking three hours of parking. Uh, so yeah, lots uh, come on by ballpark village coming up tomorrow. Let's go back to the quiver river electric guest line. Very happy to welcome on our friend Tamar share. You see her now on first alert Four. that's what channel four is now called. They've uh, ditched the blue. They've gone to the red and she joins us right now tomorrow. Appreciate your time. How are you? Hey, Matt. Good. How are you? Yes, you're right. Very, very red in the new first alert Four studio. That's a, it's a good look. I, I like it. We like to say City SC Red, Cardinal Red, whatever you want to call it, but our sports team um, likes to have some red in there. It's a big change, but we're thrilled to be in Maryland Heights. All right, so let's get into the news of the day. What was your reaction last night when you found out that Craig Berube had been relieved of his duties? Well, first of all, I think I was as stunned as everyone else, all the Blues fans out there. I was ready to, all right, call it quits for the day, and all of a sudden I get an alert that that had happened. I got an email that Craig Berube had been fired and 28 games into a season is not the situation. I thought the blues were in. I knew the blues were struggling. I knew their top guys weren't performing like the way that we thought they should to start the season, but to fire head coach Craig Berube this early on someone who has won the only Stanley cup for the blues, this city came as a big shock to me. The, Here's where I'm at. Like, there, there's a lot of flaws about this team. There's a lot of things that have not gone well. I blame it bluntly more on roster construction than I do on coaching. And that doesn't mean that Craig Berube doesn't have any influence and, and, and any culpability in this. Clearly he does. But it just doesn't feel like to me that he was the biggest issue for what was going on with this team. Would you generally agree or disagree with that? I agree with that. I think Doug Armstrong even put it bluntly earlier today when he was speaking to the media. He said it, and I heard this is on your station as well. But he said he would get the vibe after the game of, oh, we just didn't work hard enough. That can't be what this team looks like in the first 30 games of the season. You can't have guys afterwards saying, well, we just didn't put our biggest effort forward. We just didn't work hard enough. We'll get them next time. Well, that's how you result in that back-and-forth play. Now they lost their season-high four straight. That's not a recipe for success. That's not fully entirely on the coaching staff. And I think, you know, when you talk about is Baruby the fall guy, there is some responsibility because – Last season didn't turn out the way that it, the Blues wanted to, the way fans wanted to. This season isn't getting off to a great start. Jake Neighbors doing great, but that isn't the top guy that you thought was going to be the top guy coming into this season, and I think that does have to do with some of the will and the effort around the locker room. I, what sits, what, what I have a hard time kind of rationalizing out is how, 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 a, uh, how a Doug Armstrong can sit here and say, 
well, we're not blaming Craig Berube for what's going wrong. But then in the same sense, you're firing the guy for what's going wrong, which is the ultimate blame. So I understand that Doug Armstrong had a tough job to do. He's, he fired a very important and very, uh, you know, somebody who's very popular uh, and all at the same time trying to respect and honor everything he had done with the Blues. But it just it doesn't calculate out when he gets fired, yet the statement is that it's not that he's being blamed. And you said it too. I don't know what the answer would be though. I understand that. I don't fully see how firing a coach, like I said, 30 games into a season is the right move, but Armstrong did say it. It would be the definition of insanity to say, well, you know, we can't fix it now, but let's just change nothing because eventually it'll get worked out by just keeping things the same. So that's why I said the phrase fall guy, because Something did need to change. You know, you can't clean a house at this point in the season. That's not how it works. So what's going on behind the scenes? We don't know. Do I think Craig Berube is a fantastic coach? Absolutely. Will he get a great job? Absolutely. I'm not denying any of that. I just think that something needed to shake up the system. I don't know what this will do. Now, does this say the Blues aren't hungry for the playoffs because they're willing to make this big of a change. Now, I don't know if that is the answer either, but this is a very interesting move that I don't know. And I understand why fans are stunned is my point exactly, because I'm also stunned how you do this so early on in the season. Armstrong made it clear that he still believes in this team, still thinks they can accomplish things this year, still thinks that they can be a playoff team do you agree in, in his belief the way this roster is currently put together? That's so tricky because I don't think the people that they needed to produce early on are doing what they're needing to do. I think even when you heard from Captain Braden Shen earlier today, he's speechless because it's your leader now taken away. Um, Braden Shen has to step up even more so now as that locker room leader because they don't have the ultimate leader right now and they will have an interim head coach but like Armstrong said they're open to all options of what that looks like now in the past the Blues have been successful with an interim head coach you know you see a Craig Ruby and what he was able to do when he came in and quickly was able to win a Stanley Cup for this team so there has been success in the past when you do bring in that new leadership with the Blues in Craig Berube, I don't know now. I, I do believe Armstrong in saying that, you know, they are hungry to get to the playoffs. They are hungry to get back there. And that's why they maybe made a decision early to shake things up because they don't want it to fester into what they saw last season and just kind of throw their hands up and say, okay, this is not the season we wanted because they were adamant that's not what they wanted this season to be. But I think it is going to be, like he said, he hates the word rebuild, but it is going to kind of have to be that rebuilding, retooling, whatever you want to call it, because this is a major move. You're taking away that leader that people respect in the locker room. And now what a night it's going to be for Drew Bannister tomorrow. He doesn't even get to St. Louis in time to coach the team. I assume there will be a morning skate tomorrow, but then he's going to jump right into coaching. He's coached some of these guys uh, at Springfield, but uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of lead time going into his first game as an NHL head coach. So you have to think at least the first six games that he's going to coach are going to be a little rocky. You got to give the guys some slack because you don't know how this team is going to take to a new person, giving, giving, hyping them up and giving them speeches. You don't know what he's going to be able to do 
because you just haven't seen them together yet. So I do believe we'll be able to see him tomorrow in morning skate, and that'll be a good sign of, okay, what is this guy like? I'm sure, you know, Armstrong has, has done this for a while. I think he knows, you know, he put this guy into the group for a reason, and he's been with the organization, so he's not a completely new face that they're hiring on as interim. So, he, and obviously, and uh, Armstrong is still wanting to make sure that the search is fluid and open, and he's not going to talk about that. He made that very clear, but we'll see how the next week or so goes, because I think it's going to be a little bit of chaos trying to get their feet under themselves. She is Tamar Sher, sports reporter, sports anchor with First Alert 4. Follow her on Twitter at Tamar underscore S-H-E-R. Tamar, always appreciate uh, talking with you. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Appreciate you, Matt. Thanks a lot. All right, very good. There's Tamar Sher joining us on the program. We are going to uh, switch gears again. We'll talk a little Billikens basketball. Slew Durant, uh, Slew, Stu Durant. You know what? He should change his first name from Stu to Slew. That would that would be on brand. Stu Durando covers the uh, Billikens for the Post-Dispatch and STL today. He joins us in just a moment. It's a great bar sports open line on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. About 25 minutes left in the program. Our guy Brad Young is going to be in tonight at 8 o'clock for At Your Service. He'll join us in our final segment. But right now we're going to go back to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. We will pause from talking about uh, Craig Berube for just a moment. Instead, we'll talk uh, Slew Billikens basketball. We're very happy to uh, welcome on Stu Durando. Covers the Billikens for STL Today and the Post-Dispatch. Stu, appreciate you taking some time with us. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. So what do you make of the Billikens looking so much better in their last time out when they got that win uh, against Hofstra? And people would say Hofstra, so it's a three-point win against Hofstra, but you compare that to uh, (laughs) what happened against Drake and Southern Illinois and even the win against Dartmouth. It it seemed like a legitimate step forward. Yeah, no, it was probably um, uh, one of, if not their best uh, efforts of the year in terms of uh, not necessarily just execution, but I mean, just in terms of intensity and and energy and that type of thing um, that uh, we haven't seen at times, especially in that Carbondale game. So, um, and the first half against Drake was, was actually their best half of the season. Uh, they just couldn't sustain it over the last 20 minutes with uh, the short bench. They get the week off. Is this one of these times where maybe they would have rather had a midweek game to try to take uh, whatever momentum they grabbed on Saturday? Uh, I don't think so in this case. Um, They got finals this week for one thing, so they usually have the week off. And then with all the injuries that are going on right now, they've limited limited the personnel that I think they're pretty happy to maybe give some of these guys some extra time to see if they can get better, although I don't know – 
what the prospects are for a, a couple of players for this weekend. Um, they may just be waiting to try and get guys healthy for the start of conference play. We saw uh, Jason Tatum was at the game. He, he sat courtside. I believe he was able to spend some time with the team. What what role did that play in everything that went down? Um, hard to know. That's kind of weird because I don't know that anyone knew he was going to be there. And it's like, oh, I'll, look at that. Hmm. Um, you know, Terrence Hargrove talked after the game about, you know, have, you know, having a relationship with him and how it was a little, you know, inspirational. He played a great game, you know, did it actually play into how hard he worked or, or, you know, what he, what he did on the court. I don't know, but you know, it can't hurt to, to look over and see a guy like that sitting courtside um, for his hometown college team. And, you know, to, to inspire guys to play a little bit. And then I know they had him in the locker room afterward to talk to the team. So um, they used that for what they could. There's kind of off the court, there was a, a ruling where a federal judge issued a restraining yeah. order against the NCAA, basically saying that the rule against two-time transfers not being eligible uh, is is not legal, that it violated federal antitrust law. It's just a restraining order. There still needs to be a final ruling on this, but schools are going to be allowed to use players who are on a, a second transfer, at least during these two weeks. Uh, that does impact SLU. Are are they going to take advantage of it? Yeah, made made talking tonight better than uh, last night, as it turns out. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I've got calls all over to SLU and uh, didn't receive. I'm trying to find out what their plans are for for Brad and Wiro for you know for the games that would fall within those 14 days of restraining order would be set uh, next week. Um, it would appear there would be no downside to um, having him in uniform and using him. Um, but I haven't heard back to hear exactly what the plans might be or what's um, you know, it just came out this afternoon. It would. You know, I think we've uh, Stu, we've kind of got a, a tough connection here. We're going to, we're going to hang tight here for just a moment and see if we can, fix that connection up uh, just a little bit. And again, uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, a uh, federal judge issued a 14-day temporary restraining order against the NCAA saying uh, that the NCAA enforcing a rule uh, that says that you can't have a double transfer is actually uh, a violation of federal antitrust law. And now there's a 14-day period where Double transfers can play, and a final ruling will eventually be made on that. Stu, are you, are you still there? Do we get you back? I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. We, we we lost you for uh for for just a second. Does it? We're we're in the uh, the wild wild west of college athletics right now when we talk about name image likeness, and then more more and more often we're hearing about the court system and governments and state governments getting involved. <laughs> you know the the AG in Florida just uh, to open an investigation into the college football playoff committee. Does it make you uncomfortable that in at what at one point in time was considered sort of a um, you know, an untouchable in college athletics all of a sudden is being brought into sort of the real world? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of unpleasant stuff that, you know, we haven't dealt with uh, in previous decades. You know, it's all just been slowly building, things changing shape. And, um, you know, the NCAA is involved in so much of this, and people are so down on the NCAA and what they're doing in terms of this transfer thing, um, there's just been so much criticism about how they've operated. 
um, that led to this lawsuit, you know, where some multiple transfers are being cleared. Most of them are not, and there's just really no rhyme or reason to how it's happening. So, you know, I can see how it led to a, the lawsuit itself was not surprising because, you know, there are people who think they have really strong cases. Slew is one of them, but they're not, you know, they weren't involved in the lawsuit. Um, so, yeah, that's just the way that things are going. And it's just until we get, you know, things figured out in terms of what the NCAA's role is going to be and all these, these other things in terms of college sports, it, you know, it's just going to be an ongoing an ongoing mess, and I, you know, the whole shape of college sports has just changed. Two games left in the non-conference, two games left in calendar year 2023, home against Louisiana Tech, on the road against NC State, and then they'll open up league play on Wednesday, January 3rd. Non-conference play, with all due respect, is kind of, you, you build out a non-conference schedule to build out your resume, to uh, accumulate some wins, to get tested in certain ways, and they'll, they'll especially get tested uh, against NC State, but is, is there anything they can do in these final two games to make the non-conference a, a success, or is this kind of a, a lost non-conference this year, and now they've just got to go uh, you know, make hay in conference play? Yeah, there's, no, there's nothing they can do in terms of a resume for, for uh, you know, NCAA consideration. They're going to have to win the conference um, and the conference tournament, but you know, they, can, they can continue to get better, which they've done you know, in three of the last four halves. They can get guys healthy. Um, if Sincere Parker comes back, it's a completely different team. And if you have uh, Mike Meadows and Larry Hughes, you know they bring a lot of stability. I mean, those are three guys who were starting guards on the first day of the season, and they're all out. Um, they've had to change the way they play. They've slowed things down, and you know they're they just if they can get the conference and get back to being healthy. Um, you know, they, they can possibly do something because they've shown how competitive they can be, you know, when they're playing hard and when they're playing well. He is Stu Durando, covers the Billikens for the Post-Dispatch and for STL Today. Stu, thanks so much for uh, taking some time. We'll catch up again down the road. Very good. I appreciate it. All right. That's Stu Durando joining us via the Quiver River Electric guest line. Yeah, it's it's odd when courts start to get involved with things. Again, a federal judge issues that 14-day temporary restraining order so colleges can sit there and use these multiple transfers for two weeks. It could happen that two weeks from now, another judge, another court says, you know what, it's actually completely legal what the NCAA is doing here. And all of a sudden, these players who maybe got a game or two, they might not be able to uh, to play anymore. And that's just that's the world we're living in in college athletics. When, when you look at what's going on in the state of Florida right now, where their attorney general is opening up an investigation into the college football uh, playoff committee and essentially accusing Using the playoff committee of being in business and collusion with ESPN and the SEC because ESPN has a business partnership with the SEC. ESPN is going to be running those games. Uh, it, 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 it behooves ESPN as a television network to say have an Alabama as opposed to have a Florida State. So did ESPN get their hands in this thing and try to push the playoff committee in a certain direction to keep Florida State out? If that happened, there's probably some laws that got broke there. There's a lot of money that's being lost there. Uh, there's You look at the world of college athletics right now, and if you're not in the SEC or the Big Ten, you got a lot of things working against you. And it's kind of the, the SEC, the Big Ten, 
Then the Big 12 is kind of in its own spot. And then you take one step further and you get to uh, the ACC and what was the Pac-12, which isn't even going to exist anymore. Uh, and all of a sudden, schools in the ACC, if you're a Florida State, if you're a Clemson, you're saying they're going, wait, we can go undefeated? We can win our league championship, and we're not going to get into the college football playoff. Where can we go to be in a better place? That's not going to happen next year when the college football playoff expands, but it just goes and it further shows the issues that exist where leagues are being treated differently and where maybe there are some business partnerships that are being put in front of uh, true fairness. So it's a, it's, a, it's a wild time right now when it comes to uh, college athletics, and that doesn't even get into uh, all the NIL stuff that is continuing to have a huge impact, especially right now in the transfer portal. We'll take a break, and when we come back, our guy Brad Young, he is in for At Your Service tonight beginning at 8 o'clock. We'll chat with him. We'll find out what's coming up on the show. We'll get into a few other things as well as we roll on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. The Great Bar Sports Open Line does continue right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. A couple of things for you. First off, another reminder, tomorrow night we have countdown to opening day. Mike Claiborne and myself, we will be recording much of that program at uh, Cardinal Nation Restaurant tomorrow, Ballpark Village. We're going to have extended conversation with the voice of the Cardinals, John Rooney. That's going to begin at 2 o'clock tomorrow, so if you're looking for something to do, stop on by. Also, we know who City SC is going to uh, match up in round one of the Champions Cup. They are going to take on Houston Dynamo FC. So that matchup is set. That is going to be round number one uh, for the Champions Cup, which is a really big deal for City SC to be uh, participating in. Uh, They were able to qualify with what they did uh, this past season in the regular season. And now uh, their first round draw is going to be against Houston Dynamo FC. And before we know it, City SC will be back uh, going through training. Uh, That's going to start in January. So this is really the final month of the offseason for City SC, which is just wild. Uh, Houston Dynamo, the first round matchup, and looking forward to seeing that. We're all, we also look forward to uh, seeing our good friend Brad Young. He is in the house. He's got uh, uh, At Your Service. I almost forgot the name of the show. At Your Service tonight from uh, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Hello, Brad. Mr. Pauly, it's good to see you, sir. It is good to see you as well. I know you got something for me. Real quick, do you have a hot take on the firing of Craig Berube? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, just that that obviously he's been good with St. Louis. There's no question uh, that he's a great coach. There's also no question in my mind he's going to land somewhere uh, and then do well. But it's just the unfortunate reality that when you have uh, when you have a, a team that's not performing, the easiest move to make is to fire the fire the manager. Yeah. And I, I get that. That's the reality of sports. Uh, and he'll land somewhere and he'll do well. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, that's what you got to do when you've got a team that's not performing. You got to make some kind of a change. Uh, to do nothing and expect something different is the definition of insanity. So I understand the move, but personally, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. Don't like it at all. I don't know what the other moves could have been. That's where I'm struggling, but I certainly do not like that move. All right, I think you have something for me tonight. Well, here's the thing: as I've been watching, I've got a, my youngest daughter's at Mizzou and. And um, I've been following Muzu football very closely this year. And obviously it's no shock that they're, this is one of the best seasons ever. 
And are you taking credit for Mizzou season yeah, because well, you're interested? Actually, well, my tax, my tuition mm-hmm. dollars that I send a check twice a year to Mizzou that helped the winning and put helped put a winning team on the field. So yeah, I'm taking okay. credit. It's all, all thanks right. to me. Just wanted to make sure we were very overt in what you oh, were saying. It's all thanks to me. Hundred okay. percent right. of the credit. All right. And I'll get well. I'll be. I'll, I'll take ninety percent of the credit. Ten percent goes to Drinkwitz. But I, you know, that's just the way I see it. But <laughs> no arguments over here. Oh, okay, good. So, uh, but no, what really made me start thinking about this NIL uh, name, image, and likeness issue is that M- Missouri was one of the first states in the country to pass a law regarding name, image, and likeness for athletes. Mm-hmm. And knowing the timing of recruiting and those types of things, um, I don't believe that that law had much of anything to do with this season. But when you talk now about retaining talent at with Mizzou, whether it's football or basketball, whether you talk about recruiting talent for next year, again, whether you're talking football or basketball, I wanted your take on whether and to what extent NIL is going to make a difference in retaining talent, because that's the key to any program, retaining talent, and recruiting new talent, which is the second part of any successful program. In your mind, Matt Pauley, what will NIL or will it have any impact in both the retention and the recruitment of talent? Yes, profound impact. Let's start with the recruiting because Missouri, as far as I know, is the only state in the country still that has a law in place where if you're a Missouri high school athlete and you commit to a Missouri school, you can start taking NIL money as a high schooler. If you're a senior in high school or you're done playing high school sports uh, and you're going to a Missouri school, it is legal to start taking NIL money right then. And, And that doesn't happen anywhere else. So the idea is that the best Missouri athletes, that would help funnel them to Mizzou. And it's, it's a little bit better. It's still... The, the place where Mizzou has a problem is they're still not com- competing with the money that in Alabama and a Texas and, and schools like that. Those, those NIL collectives have a lot more money. What's very interesting, though, so right now we're in a period of time in college athletics where a lot of kids are deciding whether or not they're going to go back to their school next year or they are going to go into the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. A good number, a good percentage of the kids who are making the decision to stay at their school they're not just making the announcement on their on their Twitter or on their Facebook or on their Instagram or something. They are making the announcement through the NIL collective connected to those schools. Okay. So essentially, the NIL collective for Missouri or Texas or Alabama or Pitt or whatever school has worked out a deal with a kid to compensate them in a certain way, and in return for that compensation, they are going to stay at that school, and these announcements are being made through those NIL collectives. Interesting. It's a brand new thing. I I had not seen these announcements made like this until this year. Well, and and legally, and I talked about this a lot even on At Your Service before NIL became legal, but the whole question, and we're going to have to see how this develops over time, uh, it's way too early to reach any conclusions. But but at some point, if student-athletes in college begin to be paid like employees, then that takes an entirely new take on that relationship between students and the universities. Do well, they get work comp coverage? Can they unionize? Can they go on strike? I mean, all the things that we never really think about in college athletics – 
all of a sudden become possible if they're treated as employees. Right now, they're not, obviously, but that's not too far of a leap from where we are right now. I think that's where the universities are trying to make sure that every penny that goes to a student athlete is a third-party dollar. Yeah, well, it's that exact yeah. reason. Yeah. Right, but but can you imagine if all of a sudden students are on strike or unionize or all the kind of things that, that employees can do, it could come to college athletics. I don't want to see that, but I think NIL is an excellent compromise. We are still at a very odd place in college athletics. The big colleges want to break off. There's been talk about, uh, even in college basketball, the major conferences breaking off from the smaller conferences where the NCAA tournament's going to look different. You, you think there's been change in the last 10 years. Hmm. Just wait. Just, Just wait. wait. Yep. We don't. It's not even the tip of the iceberg, I think, when it comes to uh, where college athletics is going all right that's brad young generally i would ask him what's coming up on his show i don't have time to do that we're done you're just gonna have you know what that's good you know you won't know and you will be more than pleasantly surprised because brad does a great show every single week brad young's in with at your service that's next right here on kmox we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.